You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. At the time of the evening uh, when you join us on uh, Medical Files, and I can tell you, Alhamdulillah, we have your favorite back, people. We have your favorite, and Alhamdulillah, he's uh, someone that has uh, so much of hikmah, so much of wisdom, and in his field, one of the best, inshallah. But before I introduce him, I want to just tell all of us, uh, not all of us, uh, not only those who have a family history of diabetes, but most have a, you know, a diabetes a problem from, uh, you know, I was amazed to know that even children uh, have diabetes and uh, the process involved, you know, when you go for the test is a quick prick on uh, um, on the finger and the test can be done uh, by uh, your doctor or as part of a, you know, any, I think even a nurse can do it. Or maybe you've got these kits uh, that you can do it uh, at home or at the pharmacy. So, uh, you know, generally what people do, they talk uh, to the primary care doctor about uh, the diabetes screening so that uh, they can get the advice uh, that they need, uh, you know. But uh, generally, if you have a specialist fa- uh, family uh, physician like Dr. Farooq Hafiji that, you know, takes care of the whole family needs, he'll pick it up. He'll tell you, you know, you need this, you that, or you're diabetic. There's a history of family uh, you know, having this uh, history of uh, diabetes running through the family. Let's welcome you, the pious and sagacious uh, listeners of uh, Marcus Sahaba, with a hearty assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to medical files and our astute and our beautiful, handsome-looking doctor, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, who is a general, uh, who is a GP, but specializing as a family physician. Doctor, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing this fine Beautiful evening. Uh, Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shafat and to your listeners. Uh, yes, yes, we are having a bit of an unsettled weather conditions in Durban. Uh, for November is a bit uh, a bit uh, uh, difficult to understand, but I think the weather has changed all over the world. Uh, but uh, alhamdulillah, we're getting gentle rain, which we need very badly. Uh, and the Salatala's way of taking care of uh, all the animals and insects and and the plants and everything else that needs water. Um, so we are grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the nemas that he gives us. Hey, Doc, you know, you tickle my brains, and I remember the eyes of the noble Quran, So which is it of the favors? Of your Lord, do you deny? And Urdu me kete hai kis kis nemiti apke rapki jutlaoge. Now, doctor, let's uh, get serious in, into our topic. We talk about diabetes, and uh, you know, from the very outset, people want to know: Do we call this a chronic illness? Is it an illness uh, that is, uh, you know, some uh, you hear the conspiracy theorists are talking to us and say, "Yeah, they made it. They pumped you with sugar, and they have given you this, uh, you know, industrial sugar and everything that you eat, your, su- your sweets and your chocolates." All this adds to you becoming diabe- uh, diabetic. Uh, doctor, give us an overall view and your thoughts on that. Uh, yes, uh, in fact, 14th of November was World Diabetes Day. And uh, November has been declared a, a month in which we create awareness for diabetes. So it's a timely, your, your program is quite timely uh, um, uh, acceptable uh, because of the, uh, of the awareness that we try to create with diabetes. See, the problem is that with diabetes is uh, is one of those silent diseases that we have. We call it a silent disease because when you first get symptoms of diabetes, uh, when you first get diabetes, you don't get symptoms. So you don't really don't know that you have diabetes. And in fact, the other um, silent disease is uh, high blood pressure, uh, where you, your pressure is up for quite some time and you don't even know that your pressure is up and nobody knows until your pressure is checked. Same with kidney disease. Kidney disease also is, is quite a silent disease and it creeps up on you and you only get symptoms after 80% of the kidney has been destroyed. So, so these are silent diseases. So diabetes is one of them and we need to be aware of this. Uh, and uh, people, people often say that if you have too much of sugar, sugary things, you, you become diabetic, but that's not entirely true. It is true for those people who have uh, a propensity to get diabetes, those people who have family, a family history of diabetes, those people who are uh, overweight, who are obese, especially in their 30s, 20s, 30s, and 40s, uh, and uh, they, are, they are quite obese or, or quite overweight, and, and they start having too much of sugar. The body cannot handle this, and they, and they become diabetes, which you call type 2 diabetes. Uh, 
So, so, uh, but a person who has no family history and is not obese, uh, and uh, there's no, no, there's no, uh, uh, no, there's no other factors that may um, bring up the diabetes. They can have sugar as much as they want. It creates no problems at, at all. Now, I'm not saying sugar is a good thing. I'm just saying that uh, we need to understand that uh, sugar is not good for the body, and we we all, no matter whether we are overweight or on normal weight. Uh, we should not be having too much of sugar, very little sugar if we can help it. Yes, uh, Doc, also thinking aloud here, you know, uh, uh, some people say, you know, I must have uh, my tea in the morning with uh, two teaspoons of sugar. And then you get the other type of person say, hey, you know, uh, you know, it comes, you made him a cup of tea and you say, no, 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 uh, Dr. Faruk Hafiji, don't you know I'm diabetic? I need four teaspoons of sugar. How do you react to people like that? You know, quite uh, flaunting the diabetic uh, conditions, but saying, yeah, you know what? I'm a sugar patient. I need more sugar. What do you do then, doctor? No, that's uh, that's absolutely, you know, that's what causes uncontrolled diabetes. That's what causes all the complications of diabetes. Eye disease, uh, heart disease, uh, kidney disease, uh, blood vessel disease, uh, and 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 um, nerve nerve disease, peripheral neuritis, uh, causes burning of the feet and and painful feet. Uh, all those things are caused by uh, uncontrolled diabetes. Uh, now uh, you know the, the the tragedy is that uh, we find that when uh, when you have less sugar, and especially if you've been a person who's been having a, a lot of sugar previously, and now you suddenly have no sugar, uh, you will get a sugar sugar craving. You get a sugar craving that, and you want to eat something sweet, and uh, and and uh, usually we, this is what happens with diabetes because we tell them, don't eat, don't have sugar in your tea or coffee or whatever, and what they do is they de- they start developing a sugar craving, which means that they start now having more sugar uh, than they than they used to have before. Uh, so that's not a good thing to do. That's absolutely uh, opposite to what what we want. Uh, now the thinking has changed a little bit. Uh, before we said no sugar at all for diabetics, no sugar whatsoever. But now we we feel that if you have something, if you desire something a bit sweet, uh, like mitai, or, 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 or something like jalebi, or something that uh, you want to have uh, some sweet dessert, uh, what you need to do is you can have a little bit of that. Ice cream as well falls into that category. You can have a little bit of that after a full meal, not on an empty stomach. If you have it on an empty stomach, that sugar is going to go into your bloodstream and increase your sugar sugar levels. But if you have it with a full meal, or after a full meal, say a good a good lunch or a good supper, you have a little bit, a little bit of this sweet thing. It's not going to make much difference to your blood sugar level. So to satisfy that that uh, that desire for sweet things. We allow you to have a little bit of something sweet, um, and so. But you must be realistic. You can't say, "I'm now. I'm going to have a big lunch. Therefore, I'm going to have uh, uh, mitai. I'm going to have ice cream. I'm going to have dessert with sweet." And I'm, because doctor said I must have a little bit, so I'm going to have a little bit of each one. Now, a little bit of each one is all going to mount up to something very large. So you 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 can have one thing at a time after a full meal. And that's quite acceptable. And some people, what they do is they even have a cup of tea uh, with one teaspoon of sugar inside after a good meal. That's fine. That's not going to create much problem for the, uh, with, the, with the sugar levels because that sugar gets diluted with the food that you've eaten. If you have that same one teaspoon of sugar in your tea on an empty stomach, that sugar is going to go right through straight into your bloodstream. It's not going to get diluted. It's going to raise your blood sugar level. And you're going to have a problem. And the same thing applies uh, when you're having a tea in the morning or uh, in the afternoon and you want a biscuit or something sweet uh, with the tea, uh, that, sh- that is going to go straight into your bloodstream, causing a problem for you. So you so those are the periods that you need to look out for. When your stomach is empty, uh, when, you are, when you are not eating uh, and uh, you need to, to have something to drink uh, or something to eat, don't have anything with sugar or, or white flour. It's going to raise your blood sugar. Uh, uh, very, very high. Now, Doc, uh, you got me uh, very interested here. So, uh, people of yesteryear, you know, I remember uh, maybe my my paternal grandmother, she loved her condensed milk, and whenever she had a tea, 
oh, uh, you know, the tea made, it had to be condensed milk. And also, you know, uh, sometimes uh, I used to go to these uh, ships in the harbor and they had this Pakistanis had a special condensed milk, which they, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they used two or three teaspoons of that to give the tea a, you know, a lovely sweet flavor. Compare condensed milk uh, to sugar. Uh, would you say it's more hazardous uh, than having a sugar, Prof? Yes, uh, absolutely, because uh, the condensed milk has got concentrated sugar in it. Uh, and, uh, well, that that happens in Makkah and Medina as well. If you order tea in Makkah, uh, they will pour the condensed milk into your tea, or they'll give you six or seven teaspoons of sugar. They, they won't measure the, tea, the, the sugar in teaspoons. They just pour the sugar into the container. Uh, so, you know, that's not on. That's really, it's quite bad. And, and, and in fact, uh, a lot of people... Who have uh, uh, who have diabetes? That is, it's not diabetes; it's pre-diabetes, uh, impaired glucose tolerance. Uh, when they go and start having all these sweet things, they become diabetic uh, very quickly. So uh, th- those people who are prone to become diabet- diabetics. Uh, so it's not a good thing. Now, condensed milk again, you have to be reasonable. Uh, if you want to have condensed milk tea, you need to have one teaspoon of condensed milk after a meal. After a meal, not on not on an empty stomach, because that's going to create a problem for you. I, I like your emphasis that you, you talk about after a meal, and you know when uh, chocolates, uh, you know people talk about dark chocolates, they talk about uh, you know the light chocolates. Uh, some people are addicted to chocolates, and some say, "Oh, chocolates are very good." What's the stories on chocolates, and how has chocolate uh, added to diabetes o- over the years, uh, doctor? Well, uh, chocolate, again, comes in various sugar content. Some of them are very sweet, and some of them are not so sweet. The dark chocolates are always better uh, because they they do have health uh, benefits, the dark chocolates. But again, uh, you have to be be reasonable. If you have that chocolate uh, on an empty stomach, your blood sugar level is going to go up. Now, if, if that chocolate contains a lot of sugar, your blood sugar level is going to go up quite high. And, and you know, with chocolate, you have a little one little square, uh, you want to have another little square, and you, have, you want to have another little square. Uh, so uh, th- th- that's a problem. But if you have that one little square uh, of chocolate, one little square of chocolate, not the whole bar, you have one little square of the chocolate after a meal, after a full meal, no problem, because that sugar that's in that chocolate, that one little square of chocolate is going to mix up with the food that you had, and it's going to be not, uh, it's got, not going to make much uh, difference to your blood sugar level. Doc, uh, you're making me think now. Now imagine, doctor, if we didn't have taste buds, uh, you know, because uh, you're talking about one square of chocolates, uh, like to me, I say, hey, doc, man, you're playing with me. Once I start with that milky bar with the crunch, hey, I'll finish the whole slab. It is the taste buds. Now, people who, if we didn't have taste buds, uh, Doc, I don't think we would have got uh, sugar diabetes. I mean, we wouldn't be so obese because it's the flavor in the food that makes us go for more. Your thoughts? Yes, well, that's one of the, one of the problems uh, that uh, creates weight. And that's why we say the taste is in the mouth. Uh, after it goes past the mouth, there is no, the, unless you're having nutritious foods, there is no benefit with the sugar that you take in. The sugar is in non is not a nutritious thing. Sugar is only a sweetener. It's, 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 it only has glucose in it, sucrose, which breaks down into glucose. That's all it is. It's got nothing else. It's got no other nutri- nutrition in the sugar at all. So the taste is in your mouth. So, you know, you, you, we, we, we like the taste, so we eat more. But in the meantime, we have to swallow it and go into your stomach, and that's where the harm starts taking place. So uh, we need to keep that in mind, that this is just a, uh, it'll, it'll be a good idea if you want to, to, to have your chocolate and spit it out. <laughs> hey, hey, you don't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you heard that, people? Yeah. Hey, like supari, chew it. Don't take the whole supari down. Just make, mm. Okay, doc. I mean, I, I, can, I can visualize that, but, you know, doctor, I know, I know when I was a uh, young uh, lad, and when, you know, you, you be to have these uh, bubble gum or what you call the chiclets, the blue one, the flavor was so good, mm, you chewed and su- you're supposed to spit out your bubble gum. But we used to swallow the whole thing, Doc. 
So I think, you know, hey, the human mind and the human uh, physiology, I don't know, but that's a suggestion doc, from Dr. Faru Kapiji. It's a challenge to you. <laughs> Put out the cho- but doc, the price of chocolates, I don't think that a brother that had a lint chocolate to say, Dr. Faru Kapiji, I spent a whole month of salary on this. How do you react to them, doc? You know, because people, when they eat, they look at that price value and they look at even the status symbol. I'm putting a status lint chocolate into my stomach, uh, doc. Yeah, don't swallow it. Just take it, have a little bit, no problem. If you <laughs> swallow it, that's when it starts causing a problem for you, you know. Uh, but uh, this applies to all sweet things. And it's not only chocolate, but, uh, you know, uh, sweet meats, burfi and all that. Uh, ice cream with a lot of sugar inside. Again, you get ice cream with less sugar inside. You get ice cream with a lot of sugar inside. And some people, uh, especially people who have diabetes, make their own ice cream at home and put other things inside the ice cream to to sweeten it, like uh, like strawberries or berries or whatever else, uh, fruit. Although fruit does have sugar in it, it's called fructose. It's a slightly different sugar from uh, to sucrose, but still it breaks down uh, in, into glucose, but in, it, but breaks down a little slower uh, than than the sucrose. So uh, it still has sugar in it. So you can't have too much of fruit as well, because the sweet fruit is going to raise your blood sugar level. And while we're on that topic, again, uh, we need to just understand that there are certain fruits where the sugar content is very high, and we need to take uh, may pay attention to this, uh, because if we have these fruits on an empty stomach, our sugar is going to go up. And some people are juices. They make juices out of this fruit and they drink it on an empty stomach. Your sugar is going to go up because you're going to have a large amount of glucose, uh, fructose going into your stomach on an empty stomach is going to raise your blood sugar level. So at the moment, we are coming into the summer months and most of these fruit that that have a very high sugar content uh, are are the fruit that uh, come up in in summer. And and these are uh, things like watermelon, and leeches and ripe mangoes, uh, uh, all the delicious fruit that uh, that we get, uh, and uh, uh, grapes are another one that has a lot, a very high sugar content. Ripe popos and ripe bananas, very high sugar content. So, if you want, if the, for for people with diabetes, they should have fruit that is of a low sugar content. Things like nectarines and peaches and plums and apricots. Uh, and uh, and strawberries and berries. These are not high sugar content fruit. Uh, or if you want to, if you must have a banana, make make the eat the banana whilst it's just turning from green to ripe, not ripe bananas. Because as the banana turns from green to ripe, the sugar content increases. So the the riper the banana, the more the sugar content. So, so diabetics should, if they want to have a banana, yes, they can have half a banana, but make sure that it's a banana that's just turning from green to ripe. Even with the purples, if you want to have purples or papayas, pick the papaya that's just turning from green uh, to ripe, and that's the one that has the least less amount of uh, sugar. The sugar content is not so high, and that helps uh, to 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 make you feel that you, at least you had you had a purple, you had a banana, or you had you had the fruit, but uh, you know, uh, you, you know at least. But at least you're limiting it. Like, like for like things like leeches, uh, you shouldn't have more than three. We just put a figure on it. Uh, uh, watermelon should be one slice, not the not half a watermelon. One slice of the watermelon, one quarter slice of the watermelon. That will do for a person who has diabetes. Uh, so. Uh, again, with watermelon, you have one slice and you want another slice and you want another slice. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, your sugar content is very high. That's an amazing thing about watermelons, uh, just as, as, a, as a side issue. Imagine, it grows in the desert where there is no water. And it grows in, 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 in a parched land. And yet it is so sweet. Look what Alatara does. It's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. It is it is it is meant to quench the thirst of the traveler traveling in the desert. That's why it grows there. But look how Allah Ta'ala extracts the water from the ground and gets the gets the sweetness into the watermelon uh, so that you, the traveler traveling in a in a parched land, can have some water, can have some water for your body. Yeah, uh, and, uh, yeah uh, Doc, and with the energy sweeten like a glucose water you're having, isn't it? 
Absolutely, yes. Yeah, uh, Doc on that. And uh, Mota from, uh, yeah, I can hear him screaming in my ear from uh, Pochester. He said, ah, what, Doc? I've already booked your two crates of leeches already. <laughs> he said, I won't have three. I'll have three bunches a day. <laughs> and, give it to your neighbor. Take, take three yourself, give the rest to your neighbor. Give, okay. give it to your family members and your neighbors. I tell you, Doc, you're really propagating as this... Uh, uh, this evening on uh, Medical Talk, really enjoying you, Doc, and uh, and this is what makes you so uh, you know brilliant on air is that you you know you're so efficacious and uh, you know you even talk the layman's language and you give the nasiya in a very you know beautiful manner, so sunnah compliant. Well, uh, Doctor, let's work out a scenario here. You know, uh, you know, a family or uh, a type two diabetes runs in a family, and you know, then you start uh, being healthy. Uh, you you start to uh, control your portions of your diet and you start uh, uh, exercising frequently and some you know unfortunately you know we know it's makru but uh, yeah some will stop uh, the smoking or they'll won't smoke at all and and then they start maintaining a healthy body weight uh, will that help in uh, you know dropping uh, diabetes and what stages of diabetes do you get do you get it in type one two and three and four and so forth uh, doctor talk to us. Uh, yes, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the diabetes that children get is called type 1 diabetes. It is an autoimmune disease, which means that your own body kills off the cells that produce the insulin in your pancreas. So that means you don't have any insulin-producing cells in your body. Therefore, the, this usually manifests itself in childhood or early early adult adult life. But, and, of course, it's characterized by the fact that tablets do not help these people because there is no insulin-producing uh, cells in the pancreas. So these are insulin-dependent people. They have to have insulin uh, because their body cannot uh, supply the insulin. Uh, so and, and these are type 1 diabetics, and they have to have insulin for the rest of their life. They, can do, they cannot do without insulin. Then you get another type of diabetes, which is called type 2 diabetes. Here they do, it's not an autoimmune disease. It's, uh, it's usually a family, uh, it's spread by, in, in, it's, it's found in families. Not only that, but you can develop diabetes even if you don't have a family history of diabetes. Usually it's related to weight. Uh, if you are overweight, especially if you are obese, uh, your body, the amount of insulin that your body needs to produce uh, to take care of the glucose increases as you get more and more weight put on you. And, and, and after a while, the pancreas just gets exhausted producing all this extra insulin that it needs. So, so you'll find that people who are overweight will start developing diabetes at, at around uh, 30, 40, 50. Uh, but now we're finding type 2 diabetes even in teenagers and young 20-year-olds because of obesity in the in this in this uh, in these patients so uh, so let's take let's take a scenario where you see, every disease everything comes from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we have no control over it but to some extent uh, we can minimize the effect of it and uh, and the way to do it is that if you have a family history of diabetes your mother or your father have had diabetes type 2 diabetes I'm talking about, uh, and now you know that you have a, a chance of getting diabetes. You, you may become diabetic because it's running in your family. Uh, now, because you know that, you need to make sure that you make good choices in your life. You need to make sure that you are active all the time to burn up the calories that you, you take in. You also need to make sure that you, don't, you limit your sugar, your sugar intake and all the things that contain sugar. You need to limit uh, that intake. And make sure that, of course, you don't you don't put on weight. Uh, now, having done that, uh, now you need to make sure that you check your blood sugar levels on a regular basis. Now, we, we get a category of people, uh, which uh, I, I alluded to earlier, which is impaired glucose tolerance, uh, which means that your body is uh, is showing you early signs that you are becoming a diabetic. You are not a diabetic yet, but you are becoming a diabetic. It's called impaired glucose tolerance. And it's, uh, pre, it's some people call it pre-diabetes, and and you know that you you will know that by taking blood blood uh, blood sugar levels at specific times. Now, blood sugar levels shouldn't be taken at any time. 
you need to you need to take them at specific times to to check whether you're diabetic or not. If you just take it at any time, you may not get a true result. And there are two times when you take blood sugar readings. One is on an empty stomach where you haven't had anything to eat or drink for at least uh, six hours. Eight hours is even better. Nothing to eat or drink for six or eight hours. Um, then you take your blood sugar level. That's called a fasting blood sugar level. And that should not be, uh, that should be between four and six, just to give you round figures. It should be between four and six. Uh, and uh, if, you are, if you are within that, you're fine. But if you find that you are consistently getting results of something like 5.6, 5.7, 5.8, 5 5.9, that means you are more towards the six than the four, it means that you are now approaching the impaired glucose tolerance level. The glucose, in, uh, the glucose uh, impaired glucose level would be between six and seven. If your blood sugar level is between six and seven, now that means you are over the fasting level. Now you are between six and seven. Now you have impaired glucose tolerance. Now the other time that you take the blood sugar, remember the first one is at fasting, uh, when you haven't had anything to eat for six to eight hours. The next one you, you take is two hours after a good meal. Now that, that good meal mustn't be like a, uh, like a, like a controlled meal. Uh, you can't say, okay, look, I'm going to test my blood sugar at, uh, after this lunch, so I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to eat anything with sugar inside, so I get a good result. That's not, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for a normal meal that you normally have with whatever else, you, whatever you have. And then two hours later, you need to test your blood sugar. That two-hour level gives you the highest blood sugar level that you will get, which is two hours after a meal. And 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 shouldn't go. Um, so so that two-hour blood sugar level will tell you what the maximum blood sugar level will be, and that should be between four and eight. It shouldn't more. It shouldn't be more than eight. If it's between eight and eleven, you are in the impaired glucose tolerance part. That means you are pre-diabetic. And if it's above eleven, you are diabetic. But if you if you find that you are consistently getting consistently getting the two hour blood sugar level around 10, 10.5, 10 10.7, 10.8, you are becoming a diabetic. You are very close to becoming a diabetic. Now, impaired glucose tolerance, if uh, that means if you are pre-diabetic and if you do nothing about it, you don't change the way you, your lifestyle is, you don't change, you don't lose weight, you don't become active, you eat you eat sugar, instead of having two teaspoons, you have four teaspoons of sugar, and you eat all the sweet things, you will become diabetic within two years. That's the average that I'm talking about. Some people who have more sugar than others will become diabetic much, much sooner. But you can delay the diabetes. You can delay it by making sure that you treat yourself as a diabetic. Although you are not a diabetic yet, you have you are pre-diabetes, pre-diabetes, so that so the, so the damage to your body caused by diabetes has not really established itself yet. So that means your organs are pretty okay; they're not not too bad. Although some damage does take place in pre-diabetes or impaired glucose tolerance, you do get some macrovascular, microvascular changes, but uh, it's not a serious problem. Your body can overcome it, providing you get control of it. And, it, and, and this disease, diabetes, is in the control of the person who has the disease. The doctor and the healthcare workers are only helpers to try and get the diabetes under control. But the main person to control the diabetes is a person who has the diabetes or who has the, the pre-diabetes. So, so you, you need to tell yourself now, okay, look, I did my blood sugar level. My blood sugar level in the morning fasting uh, is uh, 6.4. That means I'm above the 4 to 6 level, which it should be. I'm now between 6 and 7, which puts me into the impaired glucose tolerance category. I then double-check it by taking another blood test two hours after a good meal. And that sugar, that level shouldn't be more than 8, but I find myself 9, 9.5 or 10. Now I'm convinced now that I'm pre-diabetic, that I'm, I've got glucose, impaired glucose tolerance. Now, I need to tell myself, look, I'm becoming a diabetic. So what can I do? What must I do to stop this thing? And what I need to do, I need to check my weight, make sure that I get to my, my average weight, 
what my weight should be. So if I'm 90 kilograms and I'm supposed to be 70 kilograms, I need to lose 20 kgs. And you have to do that. You have to lose 20 kgs. And slowly, I don't mean overnight or one month or two months, even if it takes you a year to lose 20 kgs, you will be doing yourself a very big favor. So that's one thing. The second thing you need to do is you need to treat yourself as if you are a diabetic. That means you need to make sure that you don't you stop having sugar things. Now, sugar is found in 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 uh, many, many, many foods. And in fact, the other day I was looking at bread. Bread has eight or nine teaspoons of sugar in mm. it. Uh, you wouldn't think you mm. wouldn't think that bread has sugar in it, but they do put sugar in it to sweeten it, especially white bread. So you've you got to be careful. You've got to look at the ingredients and see what this, these are what we call hidden sugars. Um, to make it taste nice, uh, uh, people put all kinds of stuff in, the, in, your, in, the, in foods, and you've got to be careful. So, so you need to cut your sugar levels down. You need to be aware of sugar content of foods. You need to cut down, uh, see where you are having your sugar. If you're having a whole bar of chocolate, you need to have one square chocolate from now on. Uh, or, or try and do without the chocolate if you can, and only have it occasionally uh, as, as a, uh, you know, um, something that you need, you, you have once in a while. Uh, all the sweet things, categorize it in, uh, categorize it, and whoever is cooking at home uh, should make sure that they don't put these things on the table to tempt the person to eat these things. They shouldn't have it on the table. Now, there are many other foods that we can eat which do not contain sugar, and they are delicious foods, and those are the foods that we need to go towards. Mm, fruit, too, fruit too, I mentioned, uh, go away from the fruits that contain high sugar levels and go on to the fruits that contain less sugar. And in fact, you know what? You'll have more fruit uh, than before in the non-sugar category uh, of, of fruit. Peaches, nectarines, strawberries, berries. Apricots. Uh, apricots, plums. Mm. Yes, all these. All these are uh, uh, fruits that you can, you can eat. Uh, yeah, so uh, Jock, that's, uh, uh, Jock, you know what I want to do? Yeah, you, you got me. You, you, you ready? You, you program me to go to the marketplace, and we're going to go to that fruit stall. Fruit stall. Yeah, let's go and buy some fruit stock, and inshallah, we'll uh, continue after that. Let's go do some uh, shopping. You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio podcast. Uh, keeping you company uh, this uh, evening, uh, Dr. Farooq Kafiji. Alhamdulillah, conscientizing the Ummah on uh, diabetes, and Alhamdulillah, uh, we did advertise uh, the program and. Uh, during uh, the week, uh, we got uh, lots of questions that came through via our listeners. And inshallah, I'll be posing that just now to Dr. Farooq Afiji. And as you're talking about, you know, uh, instead of getting big into uh, lots of sugary food, uh, get into fruits. And, you know, the fruits uh, will uh, definitely uh, supplement uh, your sugar intake. And also it's very healthy. And uh, for Rafiq, you know, how important is it for a diabetic uh, to have a good system that's uh, running all the time? and not clogging, because generally sugar is known as something that clogs your system, uh, doctor. Uh, yes, uh, you, you know, it's not only sugar, it's, uh, uh, it's things that you eat, we eat, which converts to sugar very quickly in your body, which, are, which we call refined carbohydrates. And these are, these are found in white uh white white flour whether it's bread or whether it's um, uh you know scones or rolls or whatever else that you made, that is made with white even pizzas uh, uh, so anything made with white flour is going to raise your blood sugar level because that white flour is going to convert to sugar very quickly and same with rice the same thing happens with rice uh, and you need to you need to pick rice uh, that is uh, uh, that is brown rice uh, but you know, remember the brown rice also has sugar in it. Uh, so, and then, but the only difference between white rice and brown rice uh, is that the the sugar that is released from the white rice is much faster than the sugar released from the brown rice. So, so it's better for diabetics to have brown rice rather than white rice. But even that needs to be limited to at least once a week. Even brown brown rice needs to be limited to once a week at, at least. Uh, because you, you're going to raise your blood sugar level if you have too much of rice, even if it's brown rice. So uh, we need to be aware of that. So, um, yes, uh, so, uh, oh, yes, um, Shafat, just remind yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, Doc, I, I'll tell, yeah, we spoke about uh, no more fruits uh, 
uh, you know, will supplement for sugar. And uh, as you said, uh, we, we spoke about a uh, secondly, I spoke about uh, constipation uh, being brought, uh, brought about by excessive sugar. And you said, yeah, it also comes from uh, bread and all these other starchy things, uh, you know, that uh, clogs up your system. But uh, you're very eloquent there indeed, uh, Doc. I'm, I'm looking at some of the questions that that, uh, that has come through. And, uh, 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 gee, doctor. Just before that, Shabha, okay. diabetes itself causes constipation. So, because it, it damages the nerves that supply the bowel to make it contract. So, uh, so, the, the, so we need to see how important it is for us to control the diabetes, because the more uncontrolled the diabetes, the more constipation that will take place. So, uh, it's so important for us to make sure that the, that the sugar levels in our body are, are as normal as possible to prevent all these other side effects that we get from the diabetes themselves. Well, you make a lot of sense, uh, Doc. And uh, then, uh, yeah, you find people, uh, uh, you hear sound effects coming from the toilet, so you know, hey, the poor brother is suffering. Perhaps he's a diabetic, yeah. It's dangerous, uh, Doc, because sometimes in the malls, you know, you can get people suffering. But, uh, you know, if we keep to the sunnah pattern of one-third food, or one-third uh, water, and one-third empty, perhaps we will have no problem. I'm looking at this question A.V. has sent. A.V. says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, Brother Shafat. I'm a big fan of popo or the lots of yogurt. And I want to know when a doctor comes on, is this a healthy habit? I have it every morning without fail. And thus far, I'm a very happy man. How do you react to AV, who is uh, being addicted to his pawpaw with yogurt, uh, Dr. Farooq Avaji? Okay, now because you're a diabetic, you really don't want to put on weight. So make sure that that yogurt is low fat or, or fat free. That's one thing. And make sure it's normal yogurt, not processed yogurt uh, with, where they have added sugar in it, uh, because that's just going to raise your sugar level even more. So you have to you have to have plain yogurt, low fat or fat free. And popo, yes, you can use popo, but make sure that that popo that you are having is just turning from green to ripe, not overripe popos and not fully ripe popos, because the sugar content there is going to be quite high. Yogurt is very good for diabetics, uh, natural yogurt, pure no yogurt, because it has bacteria in it. It has. Uh, uh, the good bacteria in it, the lactobacilli, uh, which we need, uh, our bowel needs for, for proper maintenance or, or for a healthy bowel and also for, the, for our immune system. To have a healthy immune system, we need to make sure that these, these good germs that are in our bowel uh, can, can function optimally uh, we have it, so we can help them. And uh, yogurt is one of those foods which, which helps us quite a bit. Uh, looking at a question from Anonymous Alima, she says, uh, can stress uh, bring about diabetes? Uh, diabetes? I mean, uh, uh, that's a powerful question, Doc. Yes. Uh, stress per se, you know, most of us are under stress in some way, uh, but stress itself will not bring on diabetes unless the stress is, is chronic. It's, a, it's like a long-standing stress that you are under. I'm um, talking about my years of stress, you know, and and uh, and of course, with the stress goes uh, extra smoking, uh, ex um, putting on weight because you're eating too much comfort food, uh, with the result that you start putting on weight, uh, and then also, and then you start, and then again, because you are stressed, you're having more carbohydrates because you find carbohydrates uh, makes you feel a bit uh, calmer, uh, and so with the result that. It's, it's, it's not the, only the stress itself, but the effects of the stress that can result in diabetes. So we need to be aware of that. We need to make sure uh, that if, if, if we are in a stressful situation, we need to do something about it. Uh, we really need to do something about it. Otherwise, nobody's going to help you. Nobody's going to do anything unless you yourself uh, take the bull by its horns and tell yourself, what is causing my stress? Let me fix it. And sometimes we need to get out of the situation in which we are to reduce our stress. And in fact, if it's a job, you may need to think about changing your job. Uh, if it's in a marriage, you may need to think of changing, uh, going for some counseling and, and, and finding some solution. Uh, talk to a Molana and see where the problem is and trying to come, try and come to some amicable solution about, uh, about the thing that's creating the stress. Just don't leave it because if chronic stress can not only cause diseases like, like diabetes, it can also cause high blood pressure, which is a very common thing that happens with long-standing stress. 
Yeah, Doctor, you talk about stress. And, uh, you know, you wonder, uh, people of yesteryear, we're talking about 50 years ago, uh, maybe 55, 60 years ago, you know, we never heard them uh, being stressed. Out. They were just cool, calm and collected. Whatever came, they took it in the stride. You know, they had the apartheid government worrying them. They had the what and what, they, but they went through it so cool, calm and collectively. Would you say that uh, perhaps, uh, you know, the, the, the explosion of uh, multimedia and, uh, with the, you know, the, 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 uh, the constantly bombarded, oh, check your stress levels, check your diabetes, check this out, that people psychologically become programmed of getting sick, a uh, doctor, or, you know, they say, if I don't have my medical aid, I'm a goner. How do you respond to that, doc? Uh, yes, uh, you, you're right. It's a fast pace of life that's creating the problem. Uh, and, uh, of course, it's compounded by social media, uh, where you want to be an ideal person uh, and, and, and try and compare yourself with all the good things that are happening on social media, uh, which, are, which are usually unrealistic. Uh, people you know, put pictures of good food that they're having, and you're sitting there and saying, I can't afford this food here. And then, then you start fighting mm-hmm. with your spouse because you don't have enough money. Uh, but, you know, uh, you, we need to get out of that situation because that's, that's what creates the stress. And, and, and you know, we, we need to live as, try and live a simple life. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Uh, and, and try and to be true to yourself. Uh, you must live your own life. Don't live somebody else's life because it's, it's living somebody else's life that puts a lot of pressure uh, on yourself. Uh, where somebody wants you to live the way they want you to live, uh, that creates a lot of pressure uh, on you. And, and, and this pressure is sometimes is not outwardly, outwardly uh, expressed. It's usually an internal stress that continues uh, grinding inside you uh, creating diseases and creating a problem. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's not easy to, to, to solve this. You know, as time is going on, uh, we are finding people becoming more uh, self-centered. They're becoming more selfish. They are, more, they are, they are looking more inwardly. Uh, they, are, they are not, they're sharing less. Uh, we can see this because in organizations, we're not getting young volunteers anymore. Uh, it's very difficult to get young volunteers to, to do the work uh, in, in organizations. Uh, and most organizations are, are crying out and saying, you know what, uh, we're not getting young people coming in. And, and the reason why in the whole world is not only happening here, it's happening all over the world uh, where the young people are becoming more self-centered. And, it, and it's the social media that's creating the problem. Uh, it's making them less sociable uh, and it's making them less uh, interactive with other people. Uh, they just interact with the friends that they have on social media. Uh, and, and of course, they uh, and, and the other thing that we notice is happening is that uh, they are now um, uh, in higher incidence of uh, social anxiety, social phobia, where people are having trouble meeting other people. And they get anxious meeting other people, especially strangers, and they don't know how to deal with it uh, because they've lost uh, the way of communication. So this, all these things need to be taken into account. We need to go to basic Islamic way of living. And if we go back to our basic Islamic way of living, uh, the Sunnah way of living, and don't compare yourself with anybody. Uh, just live your life. Uh, be happy with everyone, uh, every, everyone around you. Uh, be a person who gives rather than takes. And, uh, and just generally, just be content with what Allah Ta'ala has given us. Uh, and uh, it all comes from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala at the end of the day. Uh, we've got no control over it. Uh, so once we start trying to control it, that's when our stress levels go up. Uh, we, we can't control things. Uh, it's Allah Ta'ala is the only person who can control things. All we can do is control ourselves. We cannot control other people. The moment we try and control other people, you're creating a problem for yourself and you're creating a problem for the other person you're trying to control. So uh, that's not on. It's, 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 an, it's a loss-loss situation, not a win-win situation. The win-win situation is you concentrate on yourself and you improve yourself and you make yourself into a better person. I tell you, people, Dr. Farooq Afaji, you're really on fire this evening, uh, fire with information. And he talks about, yeah, social phobia, about our youngsters. Uh, some of them can't talk. You know, generally, as you said, we in the House of Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us uh, the Quran, has given us the Sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And generally, they will say that, you know, the, the, the Westerners, if they, uh, they don't even have a self-confidence unless they have the alcohol. And that is not them behaving. It is the shaitanya that comes out of them. And it's unfortunate that the media is capturing so many young minds and giving them that false uh, you know, type of uh, booster by 
people, you have this, you'll be confident, you'll be successful. Be careful of that. People, as uh, Dr. Faru Kafiji says, have become more hedonistic and most of them have become narcissists. Like those Greek times, you know, they used to worship their body. I mean, uh, have the muscles and show off and enjoy and indulge to bulge and whatever they did. But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did, he destroyed that uh, nation. He destroyed them for doing things like that. So take the advice uh, that is coming through this evening by our uh, senior doctor, Dr. Farooq Hafiji, family physician. And uh, Dr. Ashraf says here, Assalamu alaikum. I suffer heavily from bout of uh, dizziness and every week I have a migraine. Could this be a side effect of perhaps I'm diabetic? Uh, how do you respond to Ashraf, uh, doctor? Yes, uh, you know, with diabetes goes high blood pressure and kidney disease as well. Uh, so he needs to have a checkup to see what his blood pressure levels are and what his kidney levels are doing, uh, his liver function as well, uh, so, and his heart as well. Uh, so all these things need to be checked at least once a year. All these things need to be checked at least once, once a year by your doctor, uh, who will do blood tests as well to check to, to see how your organs are functioning. Uh, so, uh, but remember, these, these things like, um, like headaches, a lot of people call headaches uh, migraines, uh, but they, they may not mean they, they may not be it may not be migraines. It may just be a headache. Uh, so you know uh, these can be can occur independent independent of the diabetes. So uh, you you need to check to see where where it's coming from. Maybe there's some stress that's creating the problem, or, or, or some neck problem, uh, or, or something in your body that's creating the the dizziness and the uh, and the and the headache. Arthritis of the neck is a very common. Uh, condition that causes dizziness and it causes uh, headache as well. Uh, so uh, these things need to be checked uh, and uh, I would suggest that he visits a doctor to check himself out completely and see where this dizziness and the headache is coming from. Looking at a question from my sister, she says, uh, can a mother transmit diabetes to her baby through breastfeeding? Uh, doctor? Uh, no, that, that cannot happen. Um, in fact, the best milk for the baby is breast milk. Uh, it has all it has all the ingredients in it every every uh, uh, thing that uh, the, the the child needs and uh, it cannot uh, so the diabetic mother needs to just look after her diabetes uh, it cannot pass the diabetes directly onto the child but later in life the child may have uh, may maybe maybe uh, uh, you know because of family history may be prone to diabetes but again it depends on how this child lives. So again, I talk to the mothers and the fathers of children. If they are diabetic, they must they must make all the children in the house eat foods that are good for diabetics. They must not put anything on the table that will that is too high in sugar. Go from white flour to brown flour. Try and avoid sugar completely. Give the child the habit of drinking tea without sugar right from the beginning and the child will love the taste of tea without the sugar. And try not to give them sweets except once in a while and, and, and live a life that, that uh, the whole family should be living a, 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 with a diet that is uh, like a diabetic diet. In that way, you will postpone the coming of diabetes in your children. You will give the, your children a good habit right from the beginning to eat foods that are healthy for diabetics rather than uh, uh, unhealthy for diabetics. So uh, I think that's a very important uh, point that we need to take into account, that we need to look at our children and say, look, you know, this is going to happen. Uh, one interesting thing that I'm, I'm going to tell you about breastfeeding is, is that, you know, we have another, uh, another good germ that's found in our bowel, uh, which helps us develop our immune system and which also helps us uh, regulate our, our bodies. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a possibility that it may be producing vitamin B12 as well, but we're not sure about that. It's called the bifidobacterium virus. It's a bacteria. It's called the bifidobacterium. Now, they have found that this bacteria, somehow, we don't know how, is, is found on the nipple of the mother that has just delivered. So when the baby suckles the nipple, they get this bifidobacteria from the nipple of the mother with the milk, and that starts going into the bowel and, and, and starts growing in the bowel. Uh, 
And uh, that's a very interesting thing that research needs to be done on to find out how did that bifidobacterium virus get onto the get onto the nipple of the mother? Uh, now, this is Allah Ta'ala's work. This is, comes from directly from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. We don't understand how it comes, but there it is. You see, you get the good germ coming from the nipple of the mother when nobody put it there. It just happens to be there, and the baby sucks, suckles and gets the good bacteria to colonize uh, the bowels, uh, the bowel of the baby uh, for for his for his own good. Absolutely brilliant, uh, Doc, and uh, Jafakala Khair for sh- uh, sharing that with us. Uh, Faisal says, uh, uh, what are some of the major effects of uh, diabetes? Uh, please, uh, Doctor, I'm all ears and listening. Yeah, you, you see, di- you know, diabetes is a terrible disease. It's really, really bad. Uh, it's a silent disease, as I said earlier. Uh, you, people, people who have diabetes don't know that they've got, they've got diabetes. I'll give you some figures. Those people who have uh, pre-diabetes or impaired glucose tolerance, three or four out of 10 people who have pre-diabetes don't know that they've got diabetes. Three or four people who have diabetes don't know they've got diabetes. Mm. See? Mm. So, so it's a quite a high figure that three or four people. So you go to a wedding where there are a thousand people, 300 of them are diabetic. Sorry, not the general. Yeah, three out of four. Three out of four. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you can say only one hundred is out. But they don't know they're diabetic. Shocking. So it's very important to have your blood sugar tested on a regular basis to see where you are. Once you know you're diabetic, you can prevent complications. The complications are in the blood vessels, and these are the blood vessels of the heart, uh, the uh, blood vessels of the eyes, and uh, blood vessels of the brain and blood vessels of the kidney. These are the organs that it, it causes a problem. And blood vessels of the lower limbs uh, are where they can get clogged and cause a problem. Uh, so they start, the damage starts very early, very early uh, in diabetes. Even when you're pre-diabetic, the damage starts occurring. Uh, it's a slow process. And as I, as I said uh, earlier with the kidney disease, you need to lose about 80% of your kidney before you, you get symptoms of kidney disease. So it's a silent disease. So we're looking at blood vessel damage. We're looking at nerve damage. The nerve, the nerves that are damaged in diabetes are the autonomic nervous system. Uh, these are nerves that uh, we cannot control. These, this is what controls our functions, like like our bowel movements. Uh, we got no control over it. Uh, about digestion, we got no control over it. Uh, swallowing, we got no control over it. Um, and these nerves are found all over our body. So these nerves get destroyed. And of course, the peripheral nerves also get destroyed uh, where, you, where, uh, where the pain and, and touch sensations is lost and the foot gets numb and the foot gets painful. These are all nerve damage caused by, the, by diabetes. And of course, it can cause direct kidney damage uh, resulting in, uh, in, uh, in poor kidney function and ending up with dialysis. And if you look at people who are having a dialysis, you can go to any dialysis room where people are uh, are having dialysis and ask them how many of you are diabetics and you'll see the majority of people sitting there are diabetics because uh, they had uncontrolled blood sugar levels uh, throughout uh, their diabetes and of course it has affected the kidney and they are now ending up with dialysis. So it's so, so, so important to make sure that your diabetes is very well controlled. Visit a doctor at least every six months if you can, otherwise once a year, definitely not, not, not less than, uh, not more than once a year. Ideally, every six months to make sure that your sugar is controlled well and you're on the right track and it's not doing your body any damage. Otherwise, uh, the damage that is done uh, with diabetes on your on our bodies is irreversible. We cannot reverse it. Uh, if damage is done, is done. Uh, it's like breaking tiles. Uh, you have you can't even you can't even replace those organs. Uh, once it's broken, it's broken. It's gone. Uh, so that's what happens uh, with organs in our body. Yeah, absolutely, Doctor. Looking at Anwar, he says, uh, Doctor, I've been uh, diagnosed with uh, diabetes uh, recently. Mom has put me on a bout of Karela. Will it help me? She says it helped her father. It must help me. Uh, doctor, what about Karela? I, I I heard about it. It's a bit bitter, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is bitter. And you, in fact, you, they make capsules out of it as well. Uh, you get Karela capsules as well. Uh, it does bring the sugar down. It has limited uh, value. It will work when the sugar 
the, the sugar needs to be dropped a little bit. The other, the other thing with Karela is that it has to be taken every day, and we don't know whether what the dosage is. We don't know how much uh, is needed. We don't know how many times a day you need to take it. We don't know how long the glucose loading effect lasts. Uh, so it may last six hours. It may last eight hours. It may last 12 hours. Nobody knows. Uh, so uh, it hasn't been studied long enough uh, for see, to see how long it lasts. So, so you really don't know how many times a day you need to take it. Uh, usually, like with the capsules, they'll tell you take one capsule three times a day, uh, and but you have to take it every day. So if you're eating carella, you have to eat carella three times a day, uh, and, and maybe you can have, have it as a side dish. But uh, remember, it brings the sugar down a little bit. It doesn't bring the sugar down drastically. Yeah, doctor, look at Gaffar. He says, uh, doctor, I know we talk about people having a constipation because of excessive worms in their in the in their gut. But is it true this is caused through being a diabetic? How true is that, uh, Doc? I remember yesteryear, you know, there was always a cleansing uh, procession that used to take place, and they, they give you this worm thing, and uh, the elders used to detox the children of worms, but I don't see them doing it anymore. Your take? Uh, yes. Uh, you, you, you know, there's no correlation between worms and diabetes. Uh, there's no relationship between the two. Uh, you can have worms with diabetes, you can have worms without diabetes. Uh, there's no relationship between the two. Uh, worms is very common in South Africa. Uh, in fact, they say that about 35% of children uh, in schools have worms. Um, and, and this is passed on from hand to mouth, uh, and uh, children holding, ha holding hands with each other, sharing the lunch, uh, that's how you get it. Um, and uh, so, so what we advise is every six months when the school holidays start, say, in June and in December, uh, you should give your children uh, and, and you should give your children and the whole family, actually, uh, should take one dose of a worm, uh, worm mixture um, to just take the worms off, whatever worms you may have, uh, to remove the worms from your body. Um, and then, of course, when you, when you start, school, they start school again, uh, they'll get the worms again from the other children. And of course, I guess, again, in December, you do the same again, and they become worm-free again. And, uh, and that cycle continues. And that's, that's the way to do it. Uh, it's, it is not taken seriously because we cannot see the worms. And uh, again, the worms don't cause much problem for us. They live with us. The only thing they do is eat some of our food with the result that we, we have to eat more than we normally eat. Uh, and we feel hungry very quickly. Mm. And that's the reason for that is that the worms are eating uh, a lot of our food. Uh, so, uh, so that's a, one of the signs where uh, you're eating quite a lot and you're not putting on weight, um, and that's one of the signs that you may have worms in you. If you have a lot of worms, especially round worms, uh, and round worms are found are, are from from eggs that we pick up from the sand, uh, and it usually goes through the dog. So, if you have a dog in, uh, in your yard, uh, if, you, if you have a watchdog, uh, then you need to take this worm uh, worm medication. Uh, because you may have roundworms uh, in your system without realizing it. Uh, so, you know, you, 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 so if you just do that on a regular basis, especially if you have children in the house, um, you will make sure that uh, you're not living with the worms and the worms are not living with you. I tell you, Doc, this was a sweet, sour uh, consultation this evening with you. Really enjoyed every minute. Uh, perhaps your parting words? Uh, yes, uh, with diabetes, coming back to diabetes, it is a dreadful disease. But, but taken seriously, as I told you earlier, as I, as I said earlier, if you, you are you're a diabetic, you need to make sure that you control your diabetes to the best of your ability. You are the captain of your illness. You are the person who directs your disease. The other people that you see, the doctors and the specialists and the, the nurses and whoever else you see, they are all helping you to control this disease. But you need to take charge of this disease. Make sure that you make you, you test your blood sugar level uh, frequently, uh, which is your fasting blood sugar level. And two hours after a meal, you make sure that this, it is within the normal range. Have a checkup at least once a year with your doctor to make sure uh, that you are on the right track and uh, make sure that you're eating foods that are helpful to, helpful to diabetes rather than making the diabetes worse. So uh, I, I think it's important for us to understand that and, and take charge of this illness. Inshallah, Dr. Jazakallah Khaira, once again for being on the platforms 
of Marcus Sahaba, the voice of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'a. Inshallah, we'll talk to you in the near future. Allah keep you, Allah bless you, and you're an asset to the Ummah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, sir, people, time for us to go for the Isha Azan, and inshallah, we will continue after that.